If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Willickham. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Well, Beckett. And Josh Widdicombe. Josh Widdicombe. Good boy. There we go. (laughs) He patted his head at the end as well. Congratulations on what I consider to be the best British podcast of all time. Slightly annoyed that he obviously has American ones that he likes more than us, Rob. Jesus, thank you very much. (laughs) It's simply not as good as... Till you're better than cereal, then come back to me. My three-year-old son, Robin, is trying to get in on the act by announcing your names. He hears a lot of the podcast when he's with me in the car and always asks, What is so funny, Daddy, when I'm enjoying the podcast? Keep up the fantastic work. And I'll be the first in line when you take the podcast to Ireland. I think he means when you, or has he written that in an Irish? We'll never know. Regards, Damien Wiley. We take it to, the, to Ireland. What do you mean? Like, maybe a live show in Ireland. Oh, yeah, he says on tour. Sorry, I, I missed the words on tour because I was so enthroned by ye. Oh, maybe he's got Irish podcasts he likes, Rob. He's from Ireland. Oh, yes, there'll be Irish ones that he prefers to us. Will it? Okay. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying Joanne McNally. More than us. She's very good. Hasn't got a kid, though. We can't get her on. Can't get her on. Just have a kid so we can book you, mate. How are you, Rob? Yeah, I'm good. I'm not too bad, actually. Enjoying um, a bit of time. I had a nice day off with the kids on Sunday. Played did water balloons. Oh, yeah. It was a bit sunny. It was a bit sunny last week, last Sunday. I'll be honest with you. These water things I got from Costco are absolutely... They're, they're dreadful for the environment. So much plastic, but what a lot of fun. And I just think <laughs> we're ruining the world for the kids. Let them have a bit of fun while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> but I collected it all up and I'm going to put it in the recycling of the plastic, good, so I'm not throwing good, it away. But good, what good. you do is you get like a, you get like 20 balloons yeah. t- on sticks and then you literally just screw, it's all connected together, and you screw it onto the tap, outside tap or the hose and then it fills them all up and all you have to do is just pull them off the stick and they're already tied up with a little bit of elastic band. Oh, wow. So you get like 50 water balloons in about 10 seconds. Oh, my God. 
water bombs things. Yeah, what the water bombs? Did you, your children enjoy it? And did they throw them at you? And it was all very playful in a lovely family manner. Yeah, they did. Right, but there was a couple of issues. Well, what I did was I said you have to tidy them up. So once we burst all the blue ones, we all went round together to find all the blue ones because obviously the, the balloon makes a mess, doesn't it? Yeah. So they was all on the floor, and then so I made them all pick it all up to put it in the recycling box thing we had. Yeah. And um, so we did that, and then um, I went off and did other ones. But the issue, the issue was a water balloon is quite hard, isn't it? And I got a bit carried away. And the first one I threw, I threw half power, but still pretty powerful, right on my daughter's chest, and it didn't burst. She just went. Mm! <laughs> oh no! And I was like. Oh, and she oh, went, no. uh, and, you know, when you win something, <laughs> oh, no, dad, uh, like an old man, oh, dad, uh, and I was sorry, I didn't mean to. So in the end, I just threw them at their feet because yeah. it got them wet and it was funny and that. And then yeah. they, they started squeezing them at me, but I've just sent them to you. They're great, Josh. Like, literally 265 water balloons oh, and it takes word. like one minute to fill them up. It's great fun. Oh. Uh, but obviously awful for the environment, but what are you going to do? There you go. What are you going to do, mate? Let's not dwell on that. <laughs> you know, we're all doing our best in other areas, Rob. You can't win them all. Look, I've got an electric car, so I'll still have water balloons. I think it needs there to be a trade system. Trade you can't just make everyone feel bad about themselves all the time. You're not allowed a plastic straw, but then they give you a plastic cover for a cup. Why not make that cup? Surely the cover needs to be cardboard. Rob, has anyone criticised you over the water balloons? No, but as I did it, I was like, this is bad, Oh, isn't right, it? okay. <laughs> I was thinking, who's, the guy? who's this person? No, but you know when you're doing no, no. something and you're like, yeah. I think I've made progress where before I wouldn't even have thought about it. No, now, no. I'll think about it and still do it. And at some point, I'll probably will think about it and then not do it. Do you know what? Whenever I buy one of those magazines with the plastic toys on the front, yeah. I think this is unbelievable. <laughs> Here am I with my paper straw. And now I'm trying to buy a magazine that should be made out of fucking paper. <laughs> Exactly. But they've got something made out of paper. But isn't paper killing the trees? I don't know anymore, Rob. How do you live? What do I do? But I want to play water bombs. <laughs> you can't, I can't do... I can't put it in cardboard. Boom. Imagine that, launching like a bucket of cardboard at each other with water. Do you know Do you know why they don't bring up water balloons a lot? Because they don't think it's probably... Cause, they don't think it's as big a part of people's lives as other things. I don't think that's the main issue, is it? No. Just lobbing them. You see a turtle choking on a water balloon. Yeah, you need to keep your head down on this, Rob. You don't want it to become one of the big issues. Uh, you don't want it to become a hot topic. Well, yeah, because plastic straws are stopped. But why do they still do the plastic lid? Surely it should just be both be cardboard. Yeah, I agree. Because like, they do that all the time. Oh, it's like a cardboard straw. It's like, great. And then they give me a plastic top. I'm like, sure, that's bigger, isn't it? I feel deep guilt about my plastic lids. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, this is something, Rob. If you want to talk about the environment yeah. and my single-use plastics, you know I bought a soda stream. Yep. It stopped working within within two months. Oh, here we go. Finally, we're going to give him some shit. Roll that free advertising. Let's get, get into them. And I've got through three different bottles of CO2. think it was the bottles. I think you're having too much stream. Am I streaming too much? Am I sodering too much? You're streaming too much. The bot it stopped fizzing my water. It just fires useless air into the water. I don't understand how it works, but so it's not. So it's, is it the canister or is it the machine? It's it's it's, it's the machine because I've I've tried. Th- I've got so much CO two in my house, Rob. I'm worried it's going to float away like up. So you yeah, but you're buying like those massive like canisters. I know I am. Yeah, but if you make sure better, I do helium balloons. Well, there we go. <laughs> We're all killing the planet, but I'm trying not to kill it too much. Also, you're big on laughing gas. That's how you do most weekends, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah, we- exactly. I might just you know what, what what can I have that's good for that you know. 
okay, I'll have heroin. It's a naturally occurring drug. <laughs> Just make sure, <laughs> Rob, that you're... I'm melting it on a, not a plastic spoon. Yeah, that's I'll good. I'll use that's fine good. silver when I'm melting <laughs> my heroin up. That's the main thing. Is it melting? I don't know. I've never done heroin. Wouldn't know where, I wouldn't know where to start. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't know where to start. Wouldn't know where to begin on that one. Um, anyway, how's your week been? All right, all good. You're calming down a bit now. You're a bestseller. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit fraught at nursery because all the older kids have left. I've told you yeah. about this before. Yes, yes. Yeah. How's she getting on? So the most popular child has left. Who they're all friends with. Ooh. It's left a power vacuum, Rob, at the top. It's like the Big Brother house. You know, like when a dictator gets deposed and then the yeah. whole country goes to shit because actually that's what was keeping what it. What makes you popular in a nursery these days? What makes you popular in a nursery? Just force of personality alone, really. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So they're all still finding their place. and But I think she's getting there. I think she's getting there. But it, it's all a bit mean, girls. They're only three and a half, but there's so much politics going on. Really? All, is it all girls or girls and boys? Well, her friends are girls. Okay, cool. Old school. It's amazing how early they decided to fit into... Gender roles that we're trying not to enforce. I know, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely it. insane. You're like, you're three and a half. How are you into unicorns, fairies and Elsa? Come on, mate. You're <laughs> exactly. a cliche. Think outside the box, for heaven's Come sake. Come on, have a thought of your own. <laughs> you sheeple. Oh, what's that? You're like pink, dear. Pathetic. Grow up. <laughs> but daddy, I just like it. Oh, yeah. Gammon, you little gammon. <laughs> Gender's a construct, you little shit. Right, now. I, I could not. Lou as well. Lou is so into, like, all different issues like that about yeah. gender roles and yeah. also, you know, trans and all those things, like yeah. charity things she works for. And she could, She made a real, like, to the point of having arguments with family members, like, going, not, asking them not to buy them, like, pink prams until they ask for it and stuff. But they absolutely love it. It could not be more girly. It's I know. And just mad. Oh, you're like, yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm trying my best here. I've built on football kits. I've taken them to football. I try and watch, like, you know, more uh, stereotypically boy things. Not interested at all. Hate boys. Love girls. Not a bloody sausage, mate. Nothing. Literally not a sausage. Exactly. But, yeah, so... But, it's, but she's calming down now that it, it's settling or she's still a bit off. It's it's still a bit... She's, she's still struggling with it slightly, but... Um... I've spoken to other parents whose kids are struggling as well, and that's cheered me right up. So that's good. <laughs> as long as they're all miserable. As long as they're all miserable, that's the main thing. I don't mind my kid being miserable if all the other kids at school miserable as well. Exactly. She just can't be miserable if they're if they're happy. Okay? Exactly. That's the main thing. Got any emails before we bring the Beaumont out? Yes. Hello, both. I really enjoy the podcast. Not a parent myself, but an auntie. I listen while I'm attempting to run badly in the mornings before starting my working from home desk day. My most tragic stroke funny panic attack was in the changing room in Karen Millen in the Glades Bromley. You must know the Glades in Bromley. I know the Glades, yes. And the Karen Millen. I know the Karen Millen. She's a panic in the Karen Millen. I tried on a dress, uh, open brackets, braless, close brackets. I had to squeeze it over my boobs to get it on. It fitted like a glove at first. But I soon realised that it was a bit too tight to be a viable outfit. I was finding it hard to breathe deeply. I decided to get it off pronto. Unfortunately, the dress got wedged halfway over my boobs in the most unattractive way. Clamped right down halfway over my nipples. I couldn't get my head around asking a shop assistant to help me as I'd not had a single ounce of dignity left. Oh no, tits out, head trapped. Suddenly, the panic set in. (laughs) And I realised the dress was constricting my breathing further, still in the newly wedged position. I couldn't get a breath and my chest was being compressed, trapped. I started to melt down, sweating. 
And then in a moment of sheer panic and fear, I hulked my way out of the dress, literally tore my way out of it with my bare hands. Oh, she ripped it! Like the Hulk! And collapsed on the floor in a sweaty, tearful heap. Oh, no. A few minutes later, I realised that I had to get out of the shop and there was no way I was going to pay for the damage. I scrambled myself together, took the dress on its hanger and put it back on the shop floor. Safe to say, I never returned to the shop and always took steps to avoid walking past it in the future. Oh, the the dress ripper. The dress ripper. Uh, That is from Charlotte. I'd try and unclose this dress for, wouldn't it? It's awful. Dude, I, I used to think, you know when you go in and they count what you got? Yeah. Even if I didn't want any of it, I find it really awkward to go, I don't want any of these. So I'd go, yeah. oh yeah, oh, I'm not, yeah. I'll, I'll take that one. And then you take a t-shirt and then just hide it somewhere else later on. Like like the kid the kid who's working in Top Man gives a shit that you rejected all of their clothes. <laughs> but it would be easier for them if they took them all. Now they've got to try and hunt like missing clothes. Yeah. They're hidden around the shop. Yeah, exactly. Oh, poor, poor lady. What was her name? Was she Anon? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte, you owe Karen Millen 40 quid, 60 quid, whatever her address is. <laughs> now, we have an interview with someone who gets into about eight of those style scrapes a day. <laughs> she, Yeah, she's a walking sitcom. It's uh, Lucy Bowman uh, returning to the show. She was on very, very early days. It's quite nice to speak to her when it's a bit more about day-to-day parenting yep. rather than the, the horrendous <laughs> nightmare of lockdown. Yeah. She has a book out. Also, you'll know her from uh, Meet the Richardsons, uh, which you've been in, Rob. Yes, I've been in that show. I've been on that show as a uh, Lucy's fictional co-host of a radio show. She's so funny. She's brilliant. She reminds, she reminds me of it. She gives me real Victoria Wood vibes. Yes. I think she'll, she already has been, but will go on to be... One of the best sort of comic writers and performers we've got. She's amazing. You say the word national treasure, Rob, in the interview, and uh, I almost just said it ahead of you there, which would have been absurd. So, um, should we just do the interview? <laughs> yes, do the. I don't say national treasure. That's Charlotte Church. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, let's say it with Lucy Beaumont then. <laughs> it's been a long day of interview recording. <laughs> this is Lucy Beaumont, who, and let me be the first to say, it, is a national treasure. Lucy Beaumont, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hello, good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I think you were the third ever episode, Lucy. Oh, was I? Yeah, we, we, yeah, John did one, didn't he? And then I did one. Yeah, well, we owe you because no one listened to it then. <laughs> and now they do, so it's only fair you come back and get something out of it. After doing us a favour, do you know what I mean? Oh no problem. You got you got better guests after us then. <laughs> I think it's been a mixed bag overall. I'd say you and John's episodes—they always the, the couple ones always do well because you get a bit of infighting. Well, we were right in the midst of it then, weren't we? We were all—it yes. was lockdown parenting hell, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. and now we're out and about. You're in a hotel room, I hear, Lucy. I know. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's um, it's quite mediocre actually, to be honest. <laughs> I'm in the same hotel, Lucy. How far away are you? What room are you in? Why? What? This sounds a bit weird. I don't want to tell you, Josh. <laughs> Why are you in the same hotel as Lucy? We're working together tonight, and we—I <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm interviewing Lucy <laughs> today. Oh, we're going to be doing this from separate hotel rooms." <laughs> how? How's your hotel room? It's fine. Yeah, it's um, you know, I I I'm slightly annoyed that I've been put in a building that's across the road from the hotel, so I'm. I had to walk in the rain to breakfast. But I don't think that's a big issue in my life. 
you know. No, at least like when we first did this podcast, you would have dreamt of being being able to walk across a rainy car park. Oh mate, I'd have killed. Exactly, it shows you how how quickly it all changes back, doesn't it? I don't like the other clientele. Do you not? Yeah, yeah. I saw them all at breakfast. They're the smug. <laughs> Why are they smug? <laughs> they're all entitled. They're all they're the new money. They're actually quite working class, but they think because they're in Windsor that they need to act up. <laughs> they, they dress up for breakfast. I didn't like it. It annoyed me. <laughs> I left. I left early. I was disgusted by them all. To be honest. <laughs> and, uh, Lucy, so Lucy, where's the the, the, the baby? Well, it's not a baby anymore, is it? You've got a, child, a proper five year old child, is it? Five year. She's at school. She's the, the government have taken her off me. <laughs> <laughs> How's she doing? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, she doesn't want to go ever. She just wants to play Lego and watch TV. And that's sort of all I want her to do as well. <laughs> yeah, that's all anyone wants to do, isn't it? It's just, can you swear on this? It just really yeah. pisses me off. She's finally got her to an age where she'll actually play on her own, interrupted. And then she has to go five days a week. Just go. I didn't, I need, about 16 months, I needed them to take her off me for five days a week. <laughs> She's a yeah. joy now. She's like, she's cool. She's a little, like, she's our little mate. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, are yours at school yet? Yeah, yeah. Mine's mine. Uh, my eldest is at school, and then the the younger ones in the preschool. Um, so I know what you mean. Though. Now you know, it's just like having a little mate with you. I find they're not they're not as difficult anymore. Like having to take nappies out and change them, but. I will be told everything I'm doing wrong on a day out almost immediately. Like I've got three wives now. I'm like, I'm more, I feel like I'm, I'm like a Mormon on the weekend. Just getting mad. So imagine that. Have you had to like when they speak in the tone of the teacher? I was yeah. I was doing something in the kitchen and I left some out and she said, "Choose it, use it, then put it away." <laughs> Talking about John, yeah, maybe she just got it from him. So, has she been at school for what two, three weeks? Is that when she started? Yeah, and I I just like the level of the pictures she's bringing back, they're just not good enough. Like, I was keeping the first, the first week, I kept like three of them, and now I'm ending up like, what's his name? That artist, Perry, Singy Perry, judging all the pictures. Yeah. yeah, like, which one do I want to keep? I'm throwing them all away and I feel awful, but they're not good enough. Yeah, there is. I do think there's a, you need a sort of quality control method on your kids' drawings and paintings. Like yeah. scribbles on a bit of card. They've got to go. Yeah. You can't keep that. I was just thinking, the amount we've got, and I'm thinking, when am I going to go back through this drawer and kind of tearfully remember these awful pictures? <laughs> do you know, like, like, I think you need to do a kind of keep one, throw nine, maybe. That's about the ratio we're looking at. So what's your method, Lucy, at the moment? Well, I've bought these um, picture frames off Amazon, just four. So I'm, I'm only going to put up four pictures. I haven't put them up yet, but I just want four pictures from the ages of one to five that best depict her. That's a nice <laughs> idea. That's nice. Yeah, and I'm throwing all the rest. Do you know what you could do it like, Lucy? You could do it like, you know the, uh, I don't know how many chairs it is, but that five chair challenge or whatever it's called on X Factor where yeah. you have the pictures in and then when she brings back a new one, you go, is this good enough to replace one of the ones in the frame? A really good idea. Like they say when you do the comedy store and they go, which act would you do you think you should replace on the bill? That So she knows that she's got to up her game if she wants to get in the frame. Yeah. And that that's the slogan you can use. Yeah. Up your game if you want to get in the frame. 
I hated it when they said that to me when I did the comedy store. Yeah. They were like, oh, who do you think you could replace? I was like, fucking sit down. I'll give you a list. <laughs> Giving it the big one, like, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I think I'm being too honest, but at the time, there was very questionable acts doing that gig, and I felt like, fucking cheek. What do you mean, which one? <laughs> I want to see the gig at the comedy store, and I actually contemplated getting run over outside before so I didn't have to go in. <laughs> I didn't want to get completely run over. I just wanted a little, a big bruise, you know, that I could show them. Yeah, to get off. <laughs> it's quite rowdy. The late show's quite rowdy there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you didn't actually get run over there, did you, Lucy? No, no, I just contemplated no. it. And how was your the first day dropping her off then, starting school? Oh, it was awful. I mean... And you've moved, have you moved house as well? Is that right? Yeah, so yeah. So it's a lot of change for her, isn't it? I know, I know. Preschool was harder the, that first day. Yeah. I talk about preschool in, in my book in quite a lot of detail. It sort of leads up to that point. That was just, I mean, it, it's going to be one of, <laughs> it's going to be one of them images that stays with John because I, I, I took her in and dropped her off and she was, she was just distraught. Yeah. And then they said, go, just leave it. Like they had to prize her off me and they said, oh, just go. Isn't it awful? And then I was like, I, I got peeled the fingers off you. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst. But you can actually see him peeling them off you like that. Oh my god, it's horrible. Awful, isn't it? And I got back to the car, and I said, I can't deal with this, John. And I, I marched back in. But when I went what? back into the classroom, she was fine, and they were all getting in their um, wet weather gear to go um, down to this forest school in a park, like down the road. But because they're all busy, they didn't sort of notice. <laughs> It is just me there, and there was a, this cute, really cute little girl, and she had, bless, she had like an eye patch and a hair in it, and she was like really like old for her age. I can't. We had the. I can't. What really... mirror was it? Was it a mirror? We <laughs> <laughs> just had this sort of like bond, and she asked me to help her get ready. And before I knew it, <laughs> I was sort of walking down with them to the <laughs> to the forest <laughs> school. <laughs> No, and the, the other teachers, they didn't seem to mind. You all had to, like, hold on to a rope and go down, you know, like convicts a bit. So, Lucy, you, you dropped your dog off who was crying, and then you went back yeah. to the car upset, panicked, and run back in to get her, I, I assume. And then yeah. you didn't get her because she didn't notice you, and she was fine at this point anyway, but you befriended a small girl and went to forest school. <laughs> she, like, led me out with them. So I went I went with them, and I held, I held her hand. And could your daughter see you by this point? She was really giving me daggers she was so embarrassed she was pretending I was <laughs> but I don't understand why the other key workers didn't say you're an adult I, I don't know but John's face when I walked past <laughs> oh, so you walked past the car you walked past him with the kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is mental where was John in the car and he looked at me and said what what, what are you doing <laughs> And we went like all down the road and then into this like cut through this like forest area. And you had to like hold your hands up in the air so the nettles didn't get you. And they did look, you know, like hostages coming out of a building. <laughs> they looked like that. And the little girl said, don't worry, I'll look after her. It was really Aww. sweet. And then we all sang songs together. So I stayed. I like led. Stayed? <laughs> yeah. We went round the campfire. And I tried to get Elsie to sit with me, but she wouldn't sit with me. <laughs> Lucy, this is absolutely insane. I, I mean, I think if you had to, if you had to write an example of the worst way to drop your kid off at preschool, I think that'll be up there. 
That the only thing that beats that is you crying at the door. <laughs> and then we went. We did. <laughs> How long was you there for? But then what we realised, this little girl, she'd used me. She'd completely manipulated me. So she asked me to help her put some shoes on, you know, to go down to forest school, which I did. And the, the key worker said when we were like round the campfire, she said, they're not her shoes. She tries to put that other girl's shoes on every day. So, isn't that clever? So she'd used you to kind of trick you into stealing some stolen goods with her? Yeah. So, so when did... Good, good, last. I'm going to this one, Josh, trying to unpack this. So can I just ask, how did the whole thing end? You sang songs. What songs did you sing? We sang songs and then they got some bread out to toast. When it started getting heavy, when they started lighting fires, that's when I... <laughs> started getting heavy. <laughs> that's when I, I left then at that point. I, yeah. and, and she, as I say, she was fine and she she really didn't want me there. And obviously I'd caused this problem with these child shoes. So I'd, I'd overstayed my welcome. So I left and got back in the car. Overstayed your welcome. What did John say to you when you got in the car? He was really annoyed with me. He said, what were you doing? He was really annoyed. How long did the whole thing last? Like five minutes, like that. An hour. Yeah. <laughs> and he was late for something as well. And the oh. teachers didn't say what you're doing or... Did they just let me get on with it? I don't know whether that was a good thing. I think some parents at the school gates do have a look in their eye where it's just not worth talking to them like that. You sort of think <laughs> they're obviously working through something. Just let her steal some shoes with the little girl and let her sit by the fire for a bit and she'll slowly wander off. And um, how was the second day of the drop off? What did you end up doing PE? <laughs> John did it on his own. Did it. He wouldn't let me do it. Really? <laughs> he wouldn't let me do it the next day. Was you in the car or was you at home? Yeah, I was at home. Because, like, it's up a hill and I don't drive, so when I take her, it's... I, I try, Well, when it was then, I, I used to take her up in her pram, even though she's too big for it. I used to try and make the pram like a taxi. I used to put, like, a hood over it and, like, get, you know, have a hot water bottle and give her YouTube to watch, try and make it like a home cinema. <laughs> How long was the walk? Because this was, obviously, this was when she started preschool, so this oh, was, right. like, two, two years, yeah. But as I say, it got us prepared for school. Yeah. So she didn't, she didn't want to go, but she's... I've got all my neurotic behaviour out. So that was your... Oh, that was preschool. That wasn't... Yeah. Oh, that's good, I think, in a way, because... Yeah. Yeah, they are young, though, preschool. They're so little... It is a bit different now. Like, you know, when they're at five and they go after school, they do feel like a little mini adult. Do you know what I mean? A bit yeah. more so. But I still, when every time I drop mine off and see them walking down that little path, I do just go, oh, look at my little baby wandering off. I'll <laughs> be okay. Oh, dear. I know. It's so hard, isn't it? And then the little uniform doesn't help either, does it? No, and it's, it always looks like too many layers, massive backpack. <laughs> like, the water bottle's so heavy. <laughs> has she got um has she got friends at school like are you asking her about stuff like that and yeah she's got one best mate and they've like become like the same person they eat the same food like that she she just says i'll have whatever a friend wants it's really cute actually so she's all right like that she's not like john she's she's made friendships quickly (laughs) how are you with like play dates and stuff oh god I've just started having, do you know, So, because it's all a new thing, the play date thing, because I used to meet up with mums who had, like, kids the same age who would all meet up together, 
Do you know? Mm. And that was yeah. more for us. And now she's having like actual friends that I don't know come round. And I've got to, well, I, I've, I've been introduced badly with this because the first mum I met, we went to the park and she brought cans of gin and tonic and it was only 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, that, long, <laughs> Did you have to have one out of politeness? Well, I thought that's what you do. So like when I've been having play dates, I've always asked you to the other mum, do you want gin and tonic? And so when they've said water, I've just sort of vetted them and then they don't come back again. Oh. But now I know that's actually normal not to drink. I think it's more normal not to drink, isn't it, really? Yeah, I'd yes. say so. No. Yeah, with kids in the morning, I'd say, yeah. But I had one recently and the mother, I mean, it's a bit funny because you don't want to talk about people in case they, they listen and yeah. stuff. But and she, I think it's okay to say she's a very timid mum you know really um, yeah. and and and, and, that, that's, and from, from, that's coming from you and john as well and, and from you know we were talking about christianity she's from a very you know this christian family yeah. and then it wasn't my daughter's fault Her, they were in the other room dancing i don't know how they've done it but they were asking alexa they'd gone through like gummy bears crazy frog ed sheeran you know asking alexa for stuff and i don't know what they'd asked for but alexa had misinterpreted it and it was it was like Put your on my, you know, work it, work it, work that ass, work that ass. <laughs> and we walked in, they're all dancing to this. <gasps> and this poor woman, I think she thought it was like our playlist or something. I was so apologetic. It sounds like it was whack. That is the, probably the worst song. I think that was it. But can, why does Alexa let you put stuff like that? How can you go from Crazy Frog to that? So did you, pl- did you let the song play out out of awkwardness or did you go, Alexa, stop? I was trying to say, Alexa, stop, but I was, I've got a whole accent and she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do, Lucy? Well, Alexa, Alexa, stop. <laughs> because um, are you doing the posh voice? Well, she only understands me if I say posh. Alexa, stop, stop, <laughs> stop, Alexa. <laughs> what did the mum say? <laughs> I just wanted to get out of there. She was always about out there. We'd just been having such a wholesome conversation in the living room. Oh, wow. And then she walked into chaos. Oh, it was off. It, it just wasn't nice. And they were, they're dancing to it. They were dancing to it and stuff, you know. I don't even know how you dance to that song. <laughs> Charleston. <laughs> get down. Just get down. <laughs> what, um, and what, what, did you ask your daughter what they were asking for? I didn't find out. They were just shouting stuff at Alexa, so I don't know. Do we think John's been at home listening to this while you've been out? <laughs> this would be quite fun. If people are listening to this on an Alexa, if I say now, Alexa, <gasps> Alexa, play my neck, my back. Do you think your daughter's got quite a... Because obviously this is quite a shocking moment. Do you think you're you're quite wholesome parents in that sense then? I get the feeling that like it's quite a kind of... What? Oh, don't go say the word again. Wholesome household. Do you know what I mean? There's there's not much Cardi B going around. Do you no, know John's what I mean? very John's very moralistic as well and very sensible, yeah. isn't he? You know. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but I mean, childhood should should be magical. Because <laughs> 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 I think some people might think though, oh, that like, oh, if my kids are going around my house, it's like, oh, there's a comedian. He might be a bit sweary. It's not gonna. He might be a bit. You know. Where, where I think are you a bit paranoid about that? As you're both comedians, they they might think your house is a bit of a risk. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just try to. I'm wanting to live a normal life. It just doesn't doesn't. 
this doesn't seem to go that way. Yeah, I am I am worried that they think, oh, you know, the comedians and they're on telly and yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I, I want to be like a step wife, really. But you're because your daughter, your daughter is in your TV show, and now she's getting older. What? Because before she was like a toddler. So what's it like now? Are you a bit wary of her being in it a lot? Because really, that's more she talks. She's going to become a, a TV personality. Yeah. No, she's not in. We've we've put her in less and less as the yeah. series. So, so you you just see the back of her head now for yeah. this one. Grinding. Oh, <laughs> and was that that was a was that a conscious decision then between you and John? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially like you see now she's older and she's got a life of her own. Yeah. <laughs> it's got such, such, yeah, no, it's really important. Yeah, it freaks us out. We've not been the type, to, I mean, I've found people who are but putting her on social media and stuff yeah. like that anyway. But yeah, no, we we definitely, our, our rule was like, if you could recognise her in public, then we've gone too far. So, Had she been recognised for photos and stuff in public? Did people want to photo, you know, if they ask you and John, do they try and get her in as well because they're fans of the show? Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? Have you, have you had that? I once recognised um, Harper Beckham when she was Did a baby. You? I was when walking on the street and I was like, oh, I recognise that baby. And then I realised it was Victoria Beckham holding the baby with her back to me. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Well, so, so people ask her for a photo then when you've been out together as a family? And it, what, like once or twice, and I found it obvious to say I said no. It's really weird. Yeah, you can yeah. a photo of my child. Yeah, for, for, for less than a tenner, at least. Yeah, but that's a new thing, mm. having pictures. Like, because I, I never it used to be quite nice because I, no one used to ask me for pictures. I used to take the pictures of John, and now they want pictures of us both, and it feels a bit more like, oh, when we're out as a family. Yeah. Because normally I'd have walked on. You know, if they want a picture with John, I'd have walked on. Well, you have to leave, you have to leave your kids to the side while you start. Yeah, <laughs> and now she's like, Mummy's working, darling. Yeah, and then it feels bad because they're like, if someone was, imagine, you know, forgetting that you're on the telly and it's because you're famous. If you're just a child and everyone's having a photo and they go, you're not allowed in it, even yeah. though you're doing it for like, oh, we don't want that person, you know, it's hard to explain, but they just think you don't want to be pictures. What's the impact of that, you know? Uh, yeah, e- either way, we're going to fuck her up, so what, what can we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it's a, it's a bit different with me and Lou, that, you know, people don't really ask Lou for photos, cause, you know, but then so Lou will go off with the girls and I'll do it. But people have been coming up to us and going, oh, are you Lou from the podcast? Because I talk about Amazing. Lou. Amazing. Oh, At Legoland, they were, she was having, they were chatting to Lou more than me. If you're out and about and you see Rob and his family, go up and just ask Lou for a photo. Don't, <laughs> She'll totally fucking hate that. Do you want to have a photo of me? Lou Beckett? Can I get a photo, please? <laughs> it sometimes happens. There's a certain type of man who comes up to me and John and just asks for a photo with me. And they always, <laughs> basically, they they live with their mothers. <laughs> oh, have you got have you got a slightly sort of uh, an aspect of your audience as a sort of odd demographic of lonely man? Yeah, when you get the audience you deserve, don't you? Man? <laughs> <laughs> Men all need a lot yeah. of support. <laughs> well, you might go. Well, she married John, so she might like me. <laughs> <laughs> So you talk about uh, kind of the perils of sharing your life, Lucy. You, your yeah. new book, Drinking Custard, Diary of a Confused Mum, which, yeah. as we should say, is brilliant. But it, yes. it also, let's be honest, you talk brilliantly, but primarily I'd say you're a very gifted writer, Lucy. 
Oh, thanks, Josh. You so are. You. It's the birth of you are. Stop it. This is Michael. <laughs> definitely leave this bit in. Okay. Definitely leave this bit in. I mean, none of us are Richard Richard Osmond, are we? But no, none of us are Richard Osmond. Exactly, and that is yeah, something that time. keeps us awake at night. Do you worry about how much you share about your family life? Like in this book, you when you're writing it, you're thinking, in ten years she might read this. Yeah, I got, I did get really worried about that, but I was already about halfway through when it dawned on me. I was like, I can't turn back now. <laughs> can't turn back now. But I've. I, <laughs> I've, I've, I've accepted the advance and I've spent it. It's too late. <laughs> I know. Well, I thought I was the only person in lockdown that I, I thought when lockdown hit, I thought I'm going to be really canny here and I'm going to write a book because no one else will have thought about doing that. <laughs> and then, and so I got a meeting with a publisher and I wanted to write a book, a short story about a woman who has an invisible frog and is a borderline alcoholic. So the autobiography is quite early for that. And <laughs> <laughs> And he said, Sorry. no. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? But you're quick, so you get away with it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're not an alcoholic, are you? That, you don't have that frog anymore, do you? <laughs> I did used to collect frogs. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Did you? Yeah. I used to go to car boot sales as a 12-year-old. Well, to sell them or to collect? I used to go to Kaboot sales and go up. People say, if you got any frogs, I'll buy them off you. If you got anything froggy. <laughs> oh, so like not actual frogs, but frog things. Oh, like no, yeah, plate. yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many did you end up with? Oh, loads. I had, you know, like a, a what you call them, a dado shelf, you know, that yeah. goes around the whole um, bedroom. Oh, higher. Yeah. I used to put them all up there, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, but he was like, no, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um. But why don't you write a book about parenting? And, and I think he said you can put your weird frog story in your book. So I did. Yeah. That's a little yeah. treat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I I had a lot I wanted to say. I, I wanted to make it, obviously, make it funny. I had, I'd, I'd collected all these anecdotes that yeah. I enjoy telling people, you know, all these ridiculous things. Because I... I mean, you you both know me now. I mean, I, I am a walking sitcom every day. I mean, we work together and it, it's all, it's almost like you're a magnet for it. You know, when some people just attract <laughs> people or situations and you're with them, like it's like being on a roller coaster. Like, oh my God, it must be exhausting this being their day. All these stuff, like, like, like little pothole or pun, you know, like the stuff that happens in a sitcom. It does sort of be attracted towards you, Lucy. Do, do you feel that? Yeah, yeah. But, but they're all in the book. But I also want, you know, I had a difficult time as well. You know, and then, you know, the, the, the birth was like horrendous, you know, and, we, and I'm pretty sure we both had post-traumatic, like actually seriously had post-traumatic, yeah. you know, sh- shock from it. Um, so I wanted to be just, there is a lot of birthing story, but I think it is really important just, you know, telling your perspective on it because yeah. it is it is a mental time. So I've, I've tried to just be truthful, really, um, with, with how I'm feeling. And I think you do see how, like, we both come you know we come out the other end and I tried to, oh, going back to your question I, there is a, a lot about Elsie uh, uh, obviously but I, I tried to make it more about me and my, yeah. my 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 perspective on things and tried to hopefully the reader knows when I'm lying to myself you know what I mean yeah like and you've got John John does interruptions in it as footnotes um <laughs> 
because he'll 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 recall things slightly different so every now and again you've got his voice interrupting did he read it and then just do what he wanted or yeah did you vet what he wrote no i just did what he just i just let him do what he wanted he was very you know he was good at you know the parts where they are maybe a bit more uh emotional really he would maybe not he wasn't chipping in with a gag (laughs) yeah look she's banging on about it but the labor didn't seem too hard to me anyway that's my five that's my five cents worth Next chapter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, no, so I'm, yeah, I'm proud of it. And I think, I, I hope it's for, for anybody, but I think you do see how I come out of it okay. Because at one point, I mean, the height of um, sleep deprivation oh, at about six months was just, I was mental. And I, I had these like mum friends from a play group that I went, we went to Manchester clubbing and I hadn't slept for weeks. And I, I was so upset because everyone was 18. And like it's the first time I've been in a nightclub for years. And like, it was so weird. Like, without, I sound a bit odd. You know, when I was sort of younger, you know, in my early 20s, I would maybe get a little bit of attention in a nightclub. And it was so weird seeing the same sort of guys, you know, younger, who like you're invisible. You know, as soon as like you turn 30, you're yeah. like invisible to men. And it was like quite freeing, but it annoyed me in this nightclub. And we were all dancing, and we've all felt so old. And there was this lad, right? He had them, you know, where they don't have socks on with shoes. And he had like really tight, there was really tight trousers and a pink shirt on. And you could see like his bulge. It was like, it was disgusting. And what, he was flirting with all these young girls and he was shimmying over to us, farting and going back to them. <laughs> he was using us to fart. He did it three times. <laughs> And honestly, I could have killed him. I'm not sure of it. And I said, you need a poo. Go to the toilet. <laughs> what did he say? I just, <laughs> he just walked off. He was so embarrassed. I mean, he, that, I was sleep deprived. I can imagine you doing that as well. Everyone was, because you, you're quite, you know, quite quiet and stuff. But when you you want to be heard, you you are heard. Do you know what I mean? So I imagine it's very authoritative. I'm from a long line of fishwives. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. You're very, you've got two personalities where you sort of are quite quiet and stuff and will shuffle off, you know, on preschool down to forest school. But then you will scream at someone in a nightclub, you need a shit. I could have dragged him there. I could have dragged him to the toilet and stood with him whilst he had a poo. I was so... It was just, it was, it was the injustice of it. Injustice. <laughs> <laughs> so you were like the height of sleep deprivation. What kind of sleep patterns were happening then at six months? I'm kind of, I'm always obsessed with the lowest points of sleep deprivation. Because I breastfed till 16, till she was 16 months. Mm. And so that particular point what was annoying was that obviously she didn't need it anymore yeah <laughs> it was she was just taking the piss she was waking like four or five times a night and like oh sometimes she'd wake up and cry for milk and i'd go in and she'd already fall back asleep and i'd be like, you know and i'd be awake so it was it was just she was in such a disturbance yeah so it yeah. was like four or five times but she wasn't napping in her i couldn't we couldn't get a napping like in in a car so napping would only be she she had to be you know in, in a in a pram we had to be moving oh no oh mate oh, so, so it wasn't like you could chill out you know while she was napping 
So it wasn't. <laughs> it was mental. Oh God. What well, um? What did you do? Did it just change, or did you do sleep training, or did you do anything? It, yeah. After and I, I already told you about the spraying the milk in the pepper pig bowl. That was the climax where it was what like, the... right, we're going to have to do cry it out. I'd... You might have told us, but it, it was eighteen months ago. It bears repeating, if so. Well, that was the final point where I was like, enough is enough. She'd she'd had a, I'd taken her out and she'd had you know a nap in a pram and she'd fallen asleep, and so I had a nap and I woke up and I needed to. I mean, obviously it's not. Sometimes people don't like these sort of graphic images, but I needed to express, you know, I had a, had a lot of milk. And I got a pepper pig bowl out because um, it was the only thing I could find because it was leaking. And all I did was just like lightly tap on my chest and it squirted out quite far. So I thought, wow, you know, like those guns, you know, at theme parks, those water guns. <laughs> yeah. So I put the pepper pig bowl a bit further away on the table. So I wonder how far I can aim it. <laughs> And I did it again, and it was like about honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I, the complete truth. I could squirt it about a meter. <laughs> but, but then um, our electrician that was doing work on our house walked in. <laughs> oh my god! On, on me. That is a sick, another oh. one of those sitcom moments for you, isn't it? I know it sounds like I know it sounds like I'm making this up. I'm what, not. What did he say? I'm not making it up. Well, it was the really unfortunate thing was after it. I, well, no, after <laughs> I woke up for a nap, I was a bit cold, so I put this shirt on that was next to me, and sadly, that was his shirt. No, that was, what? That I was wearing, yeah, and I didn't know till John got back in, and I found a little <laughs> bit of gaffer tape, you know, in the pocket, because oh. John was it. John said, "Whose shirt are you?" <laughs> So you was wearing his shirt and spraying milk a metre across the kitchen and he walked oh in? God. Yeah, yeah. Did, but did he say anything or did you say sorry and walk out? Well, I said, oh, you've, you, I just made a front, you know, I just said, you've seen it all before, haven't you? Don't you wait. <laughs> no! And I said, the brass the bra from Max and Spencer's. Oh, my God. I know, uh, this all sounds weird, but basically, like... Obviously, like, and John came back, and I was like, "This can't carry on. This is like, I knew it was just all mental. I was like, this is ridiculous. Look at me, like, I can't." But you're so sleep deprived. You're not. You're not even sort of functioning properly. Like, social. You're just. It's all mental, isn't it? Because you're. You're not thinking things through. Yeah, and and that's when I, I had to get strict, and we, we did. We did cry it out. We did the cry yeah. it out method, and because I'd read all the stuff, I was saying how like awful it is. We had to do that. Uh, we tried, but we had to do that after we did it about after a few months or whatever. But you have, sometimes you just sort of have to, or it just never ends, and, it, and they're not happy. They're not resting. It's better for them to have those few nights of crying rather than every night. Totally controlled. Cry it out. If you go through like a method and stick to it. Yeah. It, oh yeah, it changed our life. I totally understand people that um, like Russell came for example, did it like about ten minutes after the baby being born <laughs> and shutting all the windows and yeah. And, but he maintains it was great for him. I, I personally wouldn't do cry out straight away without trying all the other methods. Me and Lou didn't want to do that, but eventually we just had to, and it, and it was the best thing we ever did. Yeah, I mean, I tried it on John a couple of weeks ago and felt like. <laughs> That was the best time for him to know. Also, do you know what? It'd be good to know if anyone listening can actually go further than a metre. Maybe we could do a world record yeah. of breast milk into a pepper pig bowl and find oh, Trump yeah. finds some... We're not going to ask for proof. I think that would be too far. But um, yeah, we, we don't. Try... We don't need. We'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Up to three metres. Anything beyond that, we will need. We will need some kind of trip. <laughs> we'll have to send someone around. Michael will come round the couple just to double check it, like the Guinness World Record. <laughs> You've got to miss a feed. You've got to miss a feed and then it really shoots out, you know. Stop giving away your secrets. <laughs> Imagine in the build-up to the World Championship missing eight feeds, so you really... Oh, wow. To... It's an Olympic year. I've got, I've got to really... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm Tom Crane. And I'm Simran Shah. And we're the hosts of the new food and comedy podcast, My Favourite Takeaway, where each week we're invited into the home of a celebrity guest to share their favourite takeaway, exactly as they'd normally have it. We'll be trying it all, from Peruvian street food slouched on James A. Castor's L-shaped sofa. To an Antiguan feast huddled around Andy Oliver's dinner table. Via an alfresco Indian takeaway sat in Tom Allen's garden. And we also want to hear from you, the listener. Your takeaway disasters. Your weird habits. And your personal takeaways takeaway recommendations you can follow us on insta my favorite takeaway podcast on twitter at fave takeaway pod or you can email us hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com and don't forget to subscribe like and share my favorite takeaway the podcast for anyone who loves food but can't always be bothered to cook it available on all podcast platforms now Uh, Lucy, thank you so much. It's, it's been amazing. Been really and what's amazing. your book called again? Just to remind our listeners. I can't remember. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Is that I can joking? tell you. It's called Gin and Frog. Custard. I'm <laughs> 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 a confused mum. Yeah, drinking custard there with a confused mum. Lucy, when you type Lucy Beaumont B into um, Google, yeah. the first thing that comes up is Big Breakfast. Oh yeah, I know. It's hilarious that. What 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 is that? That was quite. That's been quite good for me actually because obviously, like I have, I have so many stories, don't I? And I, I honestly think people think I'm making them up. And I think that's been quite good because I used to do that story on stage and no one believed me. And then someone found a clip of it on YouTube. That <laughs> it was. Um, I basically came home from primary school one day and my mum said, you've won a competition and we're going on TV and you to keep your mouth shut. And what, what she'd done, with, it was big, big Breakfast had done a competition for kids to design a fountain. It, you know, it feeds into your auntie's book really well, <laughs> which I'm reading at the moment, Josh. I think, I think it's absolutely brilliant because that was like such auntie's viewing, wasn't it? Yeah. And my mum, because my mum went to art college and she, she was sat at home, bored. So she drew this amazing picture of this fountain and we won. And I had to pretend it was my drawing. It was proper, like, only fools and horses. Oh, my horses. God. What was the prize? They actually made the fountain. <laughs> and, and I had to unveil it. Oh, my God. They had, like, a brass band playing and... You know, Paula Yates, Gabby Roslin was there. I had to, like, lie to their face. Oh, wow. It was, <laughs> but it's the, the, the clips on YouTube. Oh. And then right at the last minute, because, like, my mum was, like, squeezing my hand on, like, on telly so tight to say it. And then right at the last minute, she said, I did give her a bit of help with it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. That is amazing. Oh, my God. Well, I, I'm definitely reading the book if it's full of stuff like that. Your, your life's a walk in. <laughs> anyway, Lucy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always. See you soon, Lucy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lucy. Drinking custard diary of a confused mother. Cheers, Lucy. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Lucy Beaumont there. Um, Josh. I know for a fact that everything she said there was true and that's how chaotic her life is. How is Lucy Beaumont 
not like on every episode of What I Lie to You. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. Her story, the things she, like, there's certain people you imagine, like comedians will tell stories like that, you think, oh, they must be punching up a bit, or that probably can't yeah. be fully true. I know for a fact, I can literally picture John sitting there in the car watching her walk past <laughs> with a kid that's not even hers. I, I get it if she went in, like, because plausibly she went back in and her kid saw her again and got upset. And Lucy was like, oh, God, I'm here now, so I'll stay for an hour. That's that's something that's happened. But you don't just start holding hands of another child. Oh, wow. It's amazing, isn't it? What a life. Thank you to Lucy. It's a pleasure to have her back. It feels, it's kind of a weird marker, isn't it? It, it, it feels like the first time we talked to her, I know this, was a different I know it was a different time but it, it feels so different do you know what I mean yeah and stuff with the kids in school and things like that but oh bless yeah it's true though you need them to be taken by the government at like 80 months not not five they're fine they'll actually help <laughs> they did mine did the washing up the other day really why are you taking them now yeah they love washing up they do a washing up factory but we've got a dishwasher anyway so it's sort of pointless put the word factory on it kids in are involved right ice cream factory <laughs> You're going to, uh, what is this? It's an asbestos factory. Happy now, kids. I'll see you on, see you on a Tuesday, Josh. For a little see you on up. Tuesday. Hello, I'm John Richardson, and I'm here to tell you about the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast. I'm Matt Ford, and I'm here to tell you that although our podcast is about Fantasy Premier League, it's not just for saddos, losers, and virgins. Yeah, it's for cool people like us and you. You're listening to this, so you must be cool. Each week we follow the highs and lows of the fantasy football teams of some of the country's funniest people. The great thing is, you don't really need to be into fantasy Premier League or even football to enjoy it. That's because each week Matt and I compete with each other, the lowest scorer in FPL having to do a humiliating forfeit each week. Spoiler alert, every week so far, it's been Matthew. I'll be honest, it's not the start I'd hoped for. Already I've had to do a humiliating chilli challenge and try to have a pint with a duck, but it swam off. Even ducks don't want to be near Matt Ford. Over the course of the season, we'll be joined by comedians such as Russell Howard, Romesh Ranganathan, Maisie Adam, Josh Widdicombe, Jason Manford, Emily Dean, Rob Beckett and Ian Sterling. So don't delay. Pick up your phone and subscribe to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast now. New episodes are released every Wednesday until the end of the season. <laughs>